Hi, I'm Jane, and together with Jodes, we are two proud feminists passionate about female empowerment. This podcast is our take on the real conversations, real issues, and real challenges we must stay focused on if we're going to inspire the next generation of female leaders, managers, and entrepreneurs to pick up the baton and continue the journey to equality. But be warned, there will be rants and the odd profanity, but mainly just lots of curious conversations, uplifting stories, great guests, and food for thought on the path we still have to travel. It is clear that our young girls need us to harness our gumption and to use our voices now to make the changes we all know need to happen. It's time to be a pioneer, not a passenger. To paraphrase the famous words, of a female game changer, Hollywood's iconic Bette Davis. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy ride. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to uh, the podcast. This week we are on series two, episode three. Episode three already. Can you believe it? In our second series. Um, just as a quick reminder that this series is all about the, uh, you know, the system and the system being biased. And today we're specifically going to be talking about the justice system within that. So I'm, I'm going to kick us off, Jane, okay. today with some statistics. Okay, stand by your bed. Stand, um, yeah, we love a good statistic. Yeah. To get us riled up. And, yeah. and, and I, I, it does come with a little bit of a health warning. Some of these statistics might make you a little bit twitchy, might make you a little bit shifty in your seat, to be honest, because they certainly did with us. And, and actually, they're not a surprise to us because the statistics, oh, that's need your teeth time for that. you've said that. And I'm very statistics, impressed. Um, the ones that we kind of work with every day. Mm. Yeah. But, but you need to get twitchy about them as far as I'm concerned. For sure. For sure. Start twitching. So let's start with a, a bit of a big hitter, actually. Um, I don't know whether people will even know something like this, but two women, that's two, two women a week are murdered by a partner or an ex-partner. Can you believe that? Two a week. Um, and actually, many of those women are in the process of fleeing from an abusive relationship. It's not while they're in the relationship. You know, quite often it is the ex-partner. Um, we were chatting earlier, weren't we? I think last night I caught up on the uh, Raoul Moat programme that's yeah. been remade after after that case. And that was a clear example of that, where he went after his ex-partner and her new guy that she was in a relationship with and blew, the, blew him apart with a sawn-off shotgun. So, you know, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Uh, one in four women... Uh, are sexually assaulted on a night out. And I don't know, I've got all the examples today, whether you um, came across a documentary, actually. It was a Channel 4 documentary that was on, I think it was around Christmas time. Ellie. Yeah, December. Ellie? <laughs> she was called Ellie, oh, Ellie. Ellie, Flynn. Ellie Flynn. Ellie Flynn was the journalist who went out and did a bit of an experiment, really. She had a night out in Liverpool and a night out in London where she kind of posed as a girl on her own um, a bit under the influence of some alcohol to see what interest that drew from prospective predators. And she got quite a bit. They were stalking her, weren't they? They were literally watching her and then going, yeah, she's going to be easy. Do you know what really gobsmacked me about that whole thing? 
they weren't just individual guys on the off chance that thought oh I could be in there there were groups of two and three men very strategically set up around the vicinity kind of sending messages to each other saying right eyes on got one you you head up the back alley there I'll do this yeah really really scary really frightening yeah definitely definitely so yeah one in four sexually assaulted on a night out same statistic one in four will experience domestic abuse in their lifetime. So that's, that's 25%. That's also yeah. one of us. One of us will experience domestic abuse in our lifetime. Yeah, that's a bit shocking really, isn't mm. it? Mm. Um, and, you know, and on that basis, apparently every 30 seconds there is a domestic abuse call made to the police. Every 30 seconds. But that said, less than 24% of domestic abuse crime is even reported. Mm. So I think I did a quick maths calculation on that, that if every, if 100% mm. of those were reported, then we'd get a call every seven and a half seconds, not every 30 seconds. And you've got to think, haven't you, we were talking about this, what's going on in those police stations when those calls are coming in? Yeah. I mean, are they just going, another one, John? Yeah. Another one. Oh, yeah. she's back on again? Yeah. I think he's throwing her down the stairs this time. Yeah. I mean... <laughs> Well, we'll talk about yeah. that in a bit around how things have potentially normalised. But let's talk about the rape statistics. These are very scary indeed. Did you know that 95% of rapes are not even reported? So that leaves just 5% that are. And then of that 5%, only 20% of those go to court. And they only result in a 1% conviction rate. So just... That took us a little bit of a while, so we had to keep going. Yeah. Hang on a minute. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. that many yeah. of this and yeah. that many of this. Yeah, so we, we were up in the numbers to get any kind of yeah. start, didn't we? But basically, mm. in a nutshell, if you worked with a figure of ten thousand rapes that took place, I know that's not a very nice thing to think about, but it, that's the number of rapes that would need to take place for the statistics to work out in one single conviction, mm. just one. Mm. So that is scary, that blew yeah. my mind. You know, 10,000 rapes would mean 500 cases would get reported, 100 of those would go to court, and only one conviction. That's just scary, isn't it? It is. It's scary. And you know, when we talk about this, only 20% of them actually get to court. That's nothing to do with, you know, the actual victim. That's to do with the CPS yep. making a decision about whether that victim will be able to withstand cross examination in court. Yeah. And so if she's a bit vulnerable, which, hey, Guess she's what? going to be. She's going to be. No shit. They're going to go, mm, she's not going to stand up. We won't go to court if on that one. If she doesn't feel like a reliable witness, mm. then yeah. Yeah. let's not take Forget the risk, guys. Let's not take the risk. So as you know, we are also very passionate about young girls on this podcast as well, because we're both very active in Girls Out Loud. So let's just think about, I mean, okay, we can say, well, that that's women, isn't it? That's yeah. women. But let's talk about what's happening to girls in schools because if you think that this isn't happening to them too then you need to wake up okay yeah, so this smell might, the coffee this might be a wake-up call for many of you so currently one in three girls are sexually assaulted in school every day i couldn't get me out around that every day so this is like unwanted touching so you know i'll ping your bra i'll smack you on your bum i'll lift, lift your, your skirt, skirt. And ping you Thong, grab I'll your, boob. touch your boobs, I'll back you into a corner and give you a good grope. 
Um, I'll, I'll stick my boner in your leg. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks for that. Sorry, got a lovely picture in my head on that one. Um, so, so, yeah, one in three. On top of that, there is one rape that happens and that is reported to the police every day in the UK. And that's the only one that's reported. Now, if we extrapolated that figure on the same basis that we looked at 95% not being reported um, in the adult sphere, then that would potentially be 20 rapes. Every day. Every that day. take place in, on, on school, school premises. premises. We're not talking about after school, no, in the, the evenings, at the, the weekends. On school premises. Like At first I was like, that can't be. That cannot possibly be. Mm. Yeah, it's but very scary. It is very, very scary. scary. So then like, it's kind of like, like, there's an elephant in the room here, isn't mm. there? So in the past year, we have had case after case after case after case of this behaviour happening within the police force. So, you know, not just, um, you know, these these dreadful acts of mistreatment and violence against women and girls being reported to the police, but the police actually being the perpetrators yeah. of that behaviour. And I think that that has left us all reeling that the very organization that is supposed to be there to protect to keep us, us safe to keep us safe is actually abusing us and you know and being violent towards us and sexually assaulting us i mean how can that be yeah and that and you know i just want to link in this back to one of our very first episodes i think it was episode two of series one where we were saying do we feel safe I remember saying, I don't feel safe no, to go out, especially no. in the dark or yeah. at night. I yeah. won't walk the dog on my own. Yeah. So then when you put in this context, yeah. I'm not I'm not subjected to any of this. Touch wood, mm. none of this has happened to me. Mm. But, but you're I, aware of it, aren't you? Well, yeah, I've been sexually assaulted a fair number of times, but uh, we'll come on to that later because I thought that was just normal and that's yeah, how yeah. things went. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So that I don't, especially don't feel safe, that the police are going to come and help me. No, so I no, certainly aren't no. going out on my own now. No. And I think the other thing is as well, that it's the victim that's on trial in all of these cases. You know, if you're saying I've been raped, if you're saying that man, um, you know, mistreated me or harassed me or, or trolled me, me or stalked me or, you know, he did this to me, then it's you that's put on trial. You've got to prove your innocence rather than the system proving his guilt. Yeah. Okay. So it's all the situation, this commentary that goes on all the time. Well, you know, you're out on your own. Well, why did you get in that taxi on your own, love? And uh, you went out, what, did you go out dressed like that Yeah, for? did you wear that? Were you wearing what you've got Because you're on? clearly asking for it yeah, if you had a low cut yeah. top on or a short skirt. And were, were or you a bit merry? Are, are you sure you've got all the facts right? Yeah, why, you know, why, did you did you drink? why did you walk off from your mates? Why did your mates leave you? Why didn't you just stay with them? And did you not keep your thumb over your bottle? Were you, did you, were you not, yeah. were, have you not been sort of like taking why did, care? Why did you walk that? through a dark park? Why didn't you stay on the main road under the street yeah. lights? Yeah, so it's like yeah. all these questions. And then if you do get to court, it's like, oh, your phone history is a bit, oh, it's a bit racy. Oh, yeah, you've got a few uh, few good hits on Tinder on there, Tinder, love, yeah, haven't you? Know. Yeah, you've been and putting yourself see, about a bit. I can see a few like a bit saucy conversations here. So, you know, obviously. You've got a bit of history. You've yeah. got, you know. Yeah. So all of this commentary goes on. And and what we saw with the Sarah Everard case that we all talk about all the time as being a landmark case. Well, it might be a landmark case, but it hasn't been a landmark shift. 
in in the resources that are going into this or in our attitude towards it or in the police's attitude towards it that you know one of the reasons why sarah Averard was such a big case is because she was the perfect victim yeah. so all these things we're just talking about she didn't do so on the same day that sarah Everard was murdered i think there were two or three other women murdered yeah. as well yeah they didn't even make the the news. The, the news never mind a headline they didn't make the news and the reason for that is sarah Everard is a perfect victim and what i mean by that is she's middle class white well educated, educated you know was wearing nothing you know that could be considered promiscuous she was like had hat and scarf full coat boots um you know and she was just trying to get home well these other women might have been trying to get yeah. home as well but they might have been black and maybe didn't come from a nice area or they sat on a park bench for a bit so what you're doing what you're waiting for sitting on a park bench yeah yeah so we have to be mindful of that yeah we have to be mindful of that. So 50% of women and 75% of girls do not feel comfortable or able to report sexual harassment. Now that's... Hassad, do not feel comfortable or able to report sexual harassment. So not comfortable and not able are two quite different things. Not yeah. comfortable means they don't think they're going to be believed. And, and that's because they're not in a lot of cases, especially when you've got to prove that you were Absolutely. the victim. Absolutely. You're yeah. under the microscope, yeah. right? So yeah. immediately you are not believed. Yeah. Or able, not able to, because they're scared. Yeah, because there are repercussions to doing that. Absolutely. There are consequences Absolutely. if you uh, if Absolutely. you speak up. The majority of women that are, are in a domestic violent relationship, it's when they leave that they're murdered yeah so they've made that decision they've been really brave and they've gone right i'm, I'm that's I'm going I'm off i can't take this anymore and that's when he loses it yeah and you murder them mm -hmm. so it's no wonder that they stay is it no we talk what, about, what are your options we talk about well why don't she leave him all the time and we just don't easier have said than done, any understanding of what's going on done. there so final story um as you know, I work with girls in schools all the time. And just to give you an idea of how much we've normalized this, uh, this behavior, how much we expect boys and men to be violent towards us, to be coercive, to, um, you know, take control. Uh, working with a group of girls, I think it was last year, and a boy walked into the room that I was in. There was myself and another coach and about eight or nine girls, and we were on an intervention. And he didn't he didn't knock, he didn't say excuse me, he just barged in. And I obviously naturally went, excuse me, we're running a session here, and he told me to let go. Then he walked through the rooms, he said, I'm going to the loo, and the loo's over there, and this is the quick route. Oh, right, well, that makes all perfect sense, yeah. doesn't it, really? So off he goes to the loo, and he came back in the same way. And did exactly the same thing. Only this time, he recognised one of the girls in the room. And he went, oh, Charlotte, what are you doing in here? Have you been naughty? And Charlotte went, oh, get lost, Darren, uh, as, as they do. And he literally turned around, stopped in his tracks, and he karate kicked her off the chair. In front of me. That's shocking. And another coach. He wasn't a bit concerned about any consequences. No. Probably um, thought it was funny. Yeah. Had yeah. a little chuckle to himself. Absolutely. But so, thought it was Billy Big Balls. Yeah, so she's on the floor, 
like trying not to cry, trying yeah. to be cool about it. Trying to act like it's no big deal, probably. Yeah. yeah. He walks out. So I said to my coach, you go and get him and report him. Uh, I picked the girl up and asked if she was okay and did she want to go to see the nurse and so on. So I took her to the nurse. And as I'm taking her to the nurse, she said to me, are you going to report him, miss? And I went, oh, yeah. And she said, well, there's no point. Well, what do you mean there's no point? Well, that's how boys behave in this school. Nothing on. No, no one's going to do anything about yeah. it. I mean, how sad is that? So at that age, 12, 13, she'd already worked out that that is how boys yeah, behave. Yeah, learn behaviour, innit? And she needs to just accept that Yeah. because nothing's going to happen. Yeah. And obviously she might have reported that before or her mates might have reported that before, but nothing happened. So we've normalised it at a very young age yeah. that women will be on the other end of violence all our lives. Yeah. That will happen to some of us, all of us, most of us. And we just have to accept it. We might have seen our mum and dad behaving that way. We're certainly seeing it on soap operas. Yeah. And once something's on every soap, it's it's normalised. And that's not a good thing because we're, you know, the soaps will say, oh, we're raising awareness of it. No, you're not. You're normalising it. And that's, go back to the point that I mentioned at the beginning around, you know, I probably experienced quite a fair bit of sexual harassment, but because of that normalisation yeah, in my teens. Oh, do you know what? I saw it. Right, so brace yourselves. I saw it at that age. I saw it as a good thing because it meant you were important. You had some kind of. Um, I was obviously like desirable. And, yeah. You know, yeah. people were interested yeah, in me. They were showing you that you were desirable. Yeah, and didn't like it, but. It's what you did, isn't it? And at the, so never thought anything of it until I probably was way into my thirties mm. before I thought, hang on, that's not all right. It's not, right. It's not all right. Mm. Yeah, I'd have men follow me into the toilet, come into the cubicle, shut the door, and pin me up against the side of the door and snog my face off. We went work. We didn't even get asked. School was it work or school. So no, that one would have been like on a night out with okay. my friends. Okay, okay. Yeah, but in work, you used to get all kinds of comments. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I remember a bit of that at school. I remember the boys that were the it boys chasing the girls at lunchtime that they wanted to have a snog with or feel them up, yeah. just getting them in, in a corner. We never did anything about it. We were terrified. We were terrified. Yeah. It was like, you know, but I, I just think it's like it's gone. It, it's ramped up big time now. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not seen as banter. It's not like, you know, a little bit of groping. It's like serious sexual assault. It's... And, you know, I think everyone's, well, if you've listened to other episodes that we've done way back at the beginning, you'll have heard us talk about like the big game changers that yeah. are facing our teenagers at the minute. And, you know, game changer number three we talked about was porn and taking that off the top shelf, you know, and how, how much more violent porn is yeah. than it was 20 years Absolutely. ago. Maybe when we used to laugh if we found a magazine, magazine. under our brother's bed, yeah. yeah, you know, that was quite mild yeah, in consideration. as well. They yeah. did. My God, it yeah. was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but I think because of that, you yeah. know, boys are engaging in porn a lot younger. It's more accessible. Violent. It's a lot more violent. That's what's making yeah. some of this yeah. accelerate. It's also more misogynistic. Yeah. So porn in the old days, it was man woman. It was like Cuddles you know, kisses. it was a plumber arriving, wasn't it? And yeah. then it was a bit of you know. Now it's like driven by misogynistic totes. Yeah. And and that's very very different. Yeah. Very different. So as we always do at the end of these rants yeah. and these kind of like, because, you know, once you know these things, you can't unknow them. No. You can't unknow them. We talk about, about solutions, solutions, don't we? Well, you know, there's one thing I think that massively led us into some of these solutions. And I think, 
you know, we were talking about um, kind of like, well, who is the system run by? You know, when we first started to look at the system as bias. And, um, you know, when we kind of pinpoint is that this whole system, the justice system, like all the systems we've talked about, have all been created and built by that white middle class, you know, male privileged, privileged man. man. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was built by them. It's still run by them. Yeah. And whilst that continues to be the case, we've got, you know, this isn't going to go away. No. Not only that is the system protects those. So if, if they are any of the perpetrators of these crimes, then that's why, you know, you know, if, if you've only got the risk of one in 10,000 rapes turning into a prosecution, you know what, if you were that, if you were of that way, You'd have a stab at that, wouldn't you? Well, yeah, and you, and you, yeah, you push it. The risk you, is small. You know, and you'd be thinking I'll get away about with the this. woman. I get away with this. You know, she versus me, sunshine. Yeah, it's your and, word and, against mine. And the laws on my side. And look how look how credible I yeah, look absolutely. to this institution. You know, I look credible. Yeah, and, yeah. So and we knock yourself out if you want to have yeah. a go, love, but you've got no chance. And then when we talked about some of the cases that did get to court, when they're white privileged men, it's like. <gasps> But, you know, he's got this big career and he's yeah. the breadwinner and yeah. his, his wife and his kids will, yeah. you know, gonna depend go on him. Yeah, they're going to go, they're going to starve. Yeah. They're going to starve. Or well, there was a lot of cases a couple of years ago of university students that have been involved in gang rapes yeah. over Freshers Week. Yeah. And the judges let them all off because it's like, you know, they're very bright. Yeah. This is the, these are the future leaders. Potential. These are the future leaders of our, of our institutions. Yeah, they have a criminal record like this now, it'll ruin, ruin their, their career, career forever. Don't worry about her career. Or a mental health. Yeah, so, you know, we can't really prosecute. No. So, you know, I think that needs to feed into the solution massively. Yeah. So I think, yeah. you know, there's a few things in here for us to talk about. Number one, um, you know what? There's, it's about us coming together. It's the sisterhood yeah. thing again. And what we mean by that is, you know, together we are stronger. So, you know, it's it's about, it might not happen to you. Okay, but it might happen to somebody that you know, and that person, that woman that you know, might be one of these 50% of women that doesn't feel able to speak up. So just because it didn't happen to you yeah. doesn't mean that you shouldn't speak yeah. up, that you shouldn't advocate for it, that you shouldn't report yeah. it. Yeah. You know, don't walk past things, you know, do it because it's the right thing mm. to do. Even know? if you're in a meeting, you know, even if you're in a meeting and a, and a you know, a man behaves badly or says something that he really shouldn't say or, yeah. you know, like sometimes it's difficult for that woman it's directed at. But if there's another 15 women in the room, what are the 15 women in the room doing? Yeah. You know, surely the 15 women in the room should be going, whoa, hang on a minute. That's inappropriate. Yeah, we're not all right with that. No, can you just step back from that? Yeah. You know. And there's another bit to go with that, but I want to save that for the last little one. Okay. The second thing is actually, you know, we've probably, in there, you know, we've, we've, we've labelled a lot of the police as being part of the problem here, but we know firsthand, yeah. because we've got relationships with them, that there are many police women and policemen that don't think like that yeah. that are desperate to change the yeah system. you know that are up in arms day in yeah. day out fighting for yeah. this and you know hats off to them and we need to keep helping them to again do that. we need to support them because they're in a minority and they need us yeah because to be their otherwise they will also get silenced within that culture absolutely, absolutely. you know um something popped in my head while we were talking about not women not being able and this is not to make it a woman's responsibility. Mm. However, you know, where there are things that we can do to help ourselves, 
then let's do it. Yeah. You know, so sometimes it might be about doing the the work and the development to become skilled in raising things that feel a challenge or dealing with conflict or being able to have a difficult conversation. The more we can develop our capability and confidence around that, the more easy we would find it. So I'm not saying it would solve every case. No, no. But it might nudge that percentage down a little Mm -hmm. bit more to Mm -hmm. less than half. Mm -hmm. But the big one, the big one is this. And um, it's to say that we know that not all men are like that. Mm -hmm. We know there are amazing, brilliant, wonderful, fabulous, good men out there um, who are... Or who can who be are feminists, who, are who can team. be our allies, yeah. who can stand yeah. up for this. So it's not just for women to have the sisterhood. It's about if if you are a good man or if you know a good man. Because I I I live with one. Yeah, we've both one. married one, haven't yeah. we? So we're not we, the same one. No, but we bagged ourselves well, one each. We bagged a good one. We yeah. bagged a good one. And um, actually, it's about them also speaking up. Mm. If they're sat in a meeting and they see another man behaving badly towards a woman that they would speak mm. up and do that mm. actually that feel for me feels one of the most powerful things yeah. that could be done in yeah. all this yeah that they advocate for yeah because well. i know i know what it's like there'll be men that will say hang on a minute you're tarnishing all of us men with the same brush i'm not like them and that's right you're not but it's not enough to just say i'm not like them yeah it yeah. needs you to speak yeah, up cool. with yeah. us so on that note, Grand. isn't there you go? Well, another one, another the, one bites the dust. The justice system is biased. Is, so. The justice system is broken and biased. Yeah. Get yeah. out there, form that sisterhood, speak up, don't walk past things. And if you know a good man, get him on the team. We'll see you next time. You have been listening to Jane and Jodes on one. Until next time, remember, sisterhood matters. Together, we are bold, brave, fierce and unstoppable.